Well, good morning, everybody. If you're glad to be in church this morning, say amen. Let's worship the Lord together. You pray for the choir as we sing. I'm blessed. Let's sing, choir. Here we go. Amen. We're so glad to see you. Thank you for being here. Let's all stand together, make a joyful noise together. As Brother Ken come leads us to sing, let's sing out this morning. Brother Ken. Amen. Let's all sing when we all get to heaven. We'll sing that first this morning. When we all get to heaven, first, second, and last verse this morning, when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the mansion. 
that's our place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. this morning. Appreciate you singing like you mean it today. We're glad to see you. Thank you for being here in the Lord's house. I appreciate you coming. To, doesn't it look good here in the church this morning? Amen. We got more to do. We'll talk to you about that in just a little bit. But thank you, thank you, thank you to all those who came this week at various times to help us uh, get this in place. We sure do appreciate it. Let me give you some quick prayer requests this morning. Please pray for Sister Lori Stone and Casey Stone. Uh, that is Sister Rachel's daughter and granddaughter, respectively, both of them uh, dealing with cancer. So please pray with them for them if you would. Glad to see Miss Pam this morning. Morning. We had put out earlier, she had a catheterization this week, found no blockages, so we praise the Lord for that. Continue to pray for Brother Donnie. Amen. Pray for Brother Donnie. He goes this week for another procedure, uh, bone marrow uh, grafts, so lift him up in prayer. And remember the services today. We need the presence of the Holy One in our midst. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Daddy, you pray for us if you would. Join my dad this morning as he takes us to the throne of grace. Daddy. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, we want to thank you, Lord, for giving us opportunity to come out to your house. Lord, it looks so good here today to see your house is full, Lord. We just uh, rejoice in the knowledge that we got people that look forward to coming out to your house. Father, as we go into the service today, we ask you to just give our pastor the words that we most need to hear, Father. Lord, we want to uh, uh, thank you for all those that come out and uh, work so diligently this week, Father. And we want to pray for those who uh, had procedures this week. We thank you that they come back negative, Lord, and nothing else needs to be done, Father. But for those that going into the hospital this week for upcoming procedures, Father, I pray that you just touch their bodies and just heal them before they even get there, Lord. We're rejoicing in the knowledge that you're the great healer, and we know that you can do it, Father. Father, we're praying that you'll take care of the situation. Uh, Father, we pray that you'll just uh, bless the audience today. Let everyone leave here saying it's just a glorious time in the house of God. Uh, Father, we uh, just ask that your spirit will show up and steer amongst the mist and bless us today. But we do ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Daddy. You listen to the choir this morning. I know they'll bless your heart. Love this song. Uh, I'm glad in our weakest moments, he always is in time, on time, all the time, and he's our rescuer. You listen as the choir sings. 
for you. I am so thankful this morning that as the ages roll, we'll be praising Him. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really not looking forward as much to the street of gold or the gates of pearl or the walls of jasper as much as I am just saying the King of Kings. You listen to the choir this morning. Sing it, fellas. 
you thankful for that this morning? Amen. You can be seated. That's wonderful, choir. Come on and make your way down. Fantastic job, fellas. choir man that sounded good this morning i don't know about you but i'm looking forward to praising the lord for a few million years amen thank you for being here this morning uh, several announcements first of all everybody that is helping us with our upcoming back to school which will be on saturday august the 7th a week from saturday please meet here at the church tonight at 4:30 in the sanctuary got several things that brother ken and myself are going to go over with you so again everybody that's going to help us with a back-to-school uh, event on Saturday, August the 7th, please meet here in the Sanctuary 430. Uh, thank you for those who have been bringing in those school supplies. Uh, if you would continue to help us with that through next Sunday and, of course, thereafter. Uh, again, this year we are packing our own backpacks, so that's the reason uh, that we're asking for your help in that. We would sure appreciate it. Uh, also, we want to remind everybody that our end of summer, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I'm going to put it on your radar now. Now, our end of summer jubilee uh, that we host every year is coming up August the 30th through the September 1st. Uh, we'll be having Brother Joe Arthur and then on Wednesday night, Pastor Gary Blaylock from Shining Light Baptist Church and the Joyful Sounds. Man, we're looking forward to a great time. And on Wednesday, September the 8th, which is just around the corner, our Awana program begins again, so we're excited by that. And a very special announcement. I'm excited to, to, to put this on your radar screen right before we had to go remote in uh, March of 2020. Uh, that seems like 115 years ago. Can I get an amen? Uh, Dr. Will Moore announced his call to preach, uh, and uh, though he has spoken at other places since then, he is going to deliver his inaugural message here at SAGBC tonight. So we want you to be here with us tonight. We're excited to hear Dr. Moore. I love this young man. I, I just got to tell you, anytime there's a young couple that wants to serve God, it excites me. And I appreciate you coming out tonight and submit, uh, uh, and uh, uh, supporting uh, Brother Will and Miss Amber. And uh, you be here this evening. Also want to remind you that we have our Call to Glory devotion guides in uh, for the month of August. And then also the Call to Glory kids versions for kids and teenagers. All of those are here at the front. They are free. 
So please help us out with that if you would. All right, fellas, come make your way down this morning. Sister, you come get ready to sing. Be obedient to the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. And again, I want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you one more time. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in a moment. For those uh, uh, folks who came out several times this week to get everything set up and done and beautiful, I appreciate it. It looks fantastic, and I appreciate your faithfulness. Lord, bless the offering this morning. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sometimes I think I'm in control And I act so foolishly Facing problems on my own I don't know what's best for me My mistakes sometimes disturb All the plans you have made Lord, keep me in your will So I won't be in your way And put me where you want to Not where I want to be If I should ask for things I want Just give me what I need When I complain from time And keep me in your way So I won't be in your way Remind me, Lord, I'm just a glove In which you place your hand Not my will, but thine be done Though I don't understand The best laid plans I've made Somehow always go astray Lord, keep me in your way So I won't be in your way Put me where you want to Not where I want to be If I should ask for things I want Just give me If 
to our announcements, you also had a uh, insert in your bulletin, and I'm going to ask you to pray about something for us. You're going to have this insert for the next three Sundays. Uh, thank you for all the work again that's gotten our carpet in place. The next project are the pews that you're sitting on. We're going to get those reupholstered over the next couple of months. Uh, so we're going to ask you to pray about helping us out in this capacity. Uh, we are doing a pledge campaign now called Purchase a Pew to get our pews reupholstered. Uh, we're going to ask you to pray about how you can help us with that. We have a goal of 15,000. Uh, three levels that we will have for a commemorative plaque that we're going to hang out here on the side wall, our wall of thanks. Three levels. A bronze level, which is any amount up to $250. A civil silver level. Yes, I did this on purpose because we're in the middle of the Olympics just saying, amen. A silver level, which is $250, that will help more than cover the costs of a small pew, and a gold level, which is $500, which will more than help cover the costs of reupholstering a large pew. If you would like your name to be included on that commemorative plaque, you will fill out the bottom portion and indicate that you would like it to be con uh, uh, included. And if you would like to do it in memory of someone, that means someone who is deceased. Uh, or, for example, whenever we do these, my family used, tends to do it in memory of my mom. Or if you want to do it in honor of... Amen. That's her preaching. Amen. If you want to do it in honor of somebody, that's someone who's alive, uh, you can do, at, do that there as well. If you would prefer not to be included uh, on the commemorative plaque, you want to participate anonymously, you simply check the bottom. And uh, you can drop this pledge form in the offering plate at any time during any service over the next three weeks. And then we're asking by Sunday, September the 12th, if you would have that submitted, we would certainly uh, appreciate that. Now, on the happenstance that we get more than what we need to cover the pews, uh, wouldn't that be a blessing? Amen. If we get more than what we need to cover the pews, any excess is going to go to the lights uh, because that's the next project that we'll be looking at. I think I shared this story with you right before the pandemic. Uh, Renee and I had gone to uh, hear a revival, and we walked in the church, multi-million dollar renovation. God is my witness. They had these chandeliers, these lights uh, that they had just purchased. 
I looked at the preacher. I said, brother, I don't know how much you spent on those lights, but if you'd have let me know about it, I could have given you about 20 of them for free. Can I get a witness? Amen. Um, he looked at me, and he said, preacher, hold on to what you got. In 30 years, it all comes back around and in style. Amen. So if you'd pray about helping us with that, we would sure appreciate it, and God will richly bless you for doing that. Let's stand together. We'll have a song that we'll sing this morning. Then we'll let our little ones to go out in just a few minutes. Brother Ken. Amen. I love this old song. Love this old song right here, Glory to His Name. Once we slowed it down, it hits just a little bit differently as you pay attention to the words as we're singing it. I want you to do that this morning. Pay attention. Worship on this song for a little while. Glory to His Name. Second verse, no music, Miss Renee. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Let's sing about that fountain right here. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to 
my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Last verse right here. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Sing it out now. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Boy, that Amen. sounds good. Turn around and wave at somebody this morning. Let them know you're glad to see them. Man, that's good. And you can be seated. Apart from it. Amen. Sing for us, Miss Betty. Amidst the hustling, clamoring world, sometimes it's hard to hear the voice of God speaking to my soul but in my quiet time alone as I approach his holy throne his tender words fall gently on my ear he stills me Me rejoice. 
who's still doubt that God can speak today. They laugh and mock when we say we've heard from God. Yet the still small voice of God is heard above the doubters of this world. His timeless wonders ring without a delay. Thank you, Miss Betty. Brother Ken, those that are singing with you all on that last song this morning, I want you to come up and get ready. I want you to grab your Bibles this morning, folks, and turn to the book of Joshua. Turn to the book of Joshua. I want to share a thought with you this morning before we get into the message. I've asked these folks to sing a song this morning. I work uh, very hard to try and keep out that world that I work in every day from this world here in the church. But I just want to say the last several weeks have been challenging on a lot of levels. When you get up every morning and you want to wonder if your name's going to be in the paper again today, uh, it wears on you. And earlier this week, I was sitting at my computer and uh, reading some really nasty things, frankly, being said uh, on a lot of levels and uh, was kind of drowning in a little bit of self-pity. Anybody ever been there? Don't leave me hanging on the line. Everybody been in there? And in my inbox popped up a message with the subject that said, your commitment. And I thought, oh, just what I need. Then I looked at who the sender was, and I, I can't reveal it, but it was someone at a very high level within the state of Virginia. And I thought, what is this person going to say now? And when I opened it, this is what I had. <clears throat> your commitment as a Christian. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made, and I proudly announce I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past has been redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. 
I'm finished and I'm done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, sheep living, and small goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. Now I live by faith. I lean on his presence. I walk by patience. I lift by prayer, and I labor in his power. My face is set. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My rough, my way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable, but my mission is clear. I can't be bought, deluded, or delayed. I won't flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, or meander in the face of mediocrity. I won't give up. I won't shut up. I won't let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I'm a follower of the King of Kings. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all I know, and work until he stops me. And when he comes for me, when he calls me, he'll have no problem recognizing me because my banner is clear. It will read boldly as follows. I am a Christian. Now come sing. By the way, that was just what I needed in that moment, let me tell you. There is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. This sinner was plunged beneath that flood and got saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've received nothing but goodness. I've tested and tasted your grace. I was so lost till I fell at the cross. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. You got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? The love of God. Gave me his pardon. The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God calls me up higher. His will is stronger. That's why I got saved. 
of Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Amen. Joshua chapter 20 in your Bibles this morning, folks. Joshua chapter 20. Joshua chapter 20. I love this passage. As a child growing up, to be candid with you, has been in church most of my life. I just can't remember a time when I ever heard this passage preached on. I'm sure it was, but it just never resonated with me. And it's a passage that I go to a lot. Let's read the entire chapter together. Have you found your place? Say amen. The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, verse 2, chapter 20, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he doth flee, uh, when he that doth flee into one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city and shall declare his calls in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them, give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. He shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall, the, then shall he be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come into his own city and into his own house and into the city from whence he fled. Verse 7. And they appointed Kedish in Galilee and Mount Naphtali, and Shechem, and Mount Ephraim, and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, and the mountain of Judah. And on the other side, Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Basha out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood 
before the congregation. Father, thank you once again for your presence already this morning. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us today. Lord, I needed it. And I know that there are folks in the congregation who would say the same thing. We are all but addicted to the presence of God in our midst. And Lord, we come now to the part of the day that's important, not because I'm doing it, but Lord, the foolishness of preaching. Lord, take the outline that I know you've laid upon our heart. Use it to be a blessing to your people. Lord, draw us closer to you today, and then most especially, God, If there's anybody here this morning either in the sanctuary or listening via live stream that's never come to know Jesus, then may this be the day, may this be the moment, may this be the message, may these be the words that the Holy Ghost of God would use to draw them to himself today. This would be their day of salvation. Lord, we love you. That's not oppressive, but what's so astounding and amazing is that you love us. Bless the preaching. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When Joshua chapter number 20 opens, the land that we call the promised land has been conquered and subdued. People are settling into this new territory. They are in the process of building their homes and their lives in this new place called the promised land. However, there is much work to do. In this particular passage, They are carrying out a command that had actually been given to Moses some 40 years prior. You can go back and read it in Numbers chapter 35. And in that command, God told Moses and reiterates here to to, to Joshua that they were to build six cities of refuge, a place where someone who had messed up really badly could find a haven of rest. A place where someone who had done what we'll see in just a moment is almost unspeakable acts could find a place where they could run and the avenger of blood that was pursuing after them had to stop and not go any further. For once that person stepped in, I am, mm, stepped inside that city gate, they were safe from the avenger of blood. Can I say to you this morning, thank God we have a city of refuge. Thank God for the day when I realized just how bad I was, when I realized how sinful I had become, when I realized how badly I had failed God. Thank God there was a place I could run. There was a place I could go. Though the enemy pursued me, though he tracked my every step, thank Thank God when I stepped inside the city of refuge, God said, that's as far right there, Satan. He's made it in. You can't have him now. Give you a message I'm entitling, One Day I Ran to the City of Refuge. Three things that I want you to look at with me this morning. Number one, note with me the purpose of these cities. The purpose of these cities. You see, God created these cities for a very distinct reason. Number one, these cities were to serve as a refuge. That's the word that 
The Bible gives us, that's the word that God speaks to Moses and then to Joshua. They are a fact, a place of refuge. You understand that in the law, God set up a very clear procedure for murder. Now, I realize in 21st century society today, we don't always like this, but the law was crystal clear. If you intentionally murdered someone, the penalty was your life. It's called an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's an Old Testament commandment. It's an Old Testament reality, and there were no questions about it. The penalty for murder was death. But what about what we call today as manslaughter? Manslaughter is a lesser offense. It is what happens when someone accidentally, especially involuntary manslaughter, when someone accidentally takes a life or does something and the consequence of that is that someone dies there was no provision for that in the old testament there was no provision for involuntary manslaughter in the law so god created this thing called a city of refuge here's what you need to know if you committed an offense that resulted in the accidental or involuntary death of someone else, then that person's next of kin could come after you. That person is described as the avenger of blood. That's the person who was the closest relation to the one who'd committed the, who, had been, who had been executed or who had died. That's the person who is the nearest kin to the one who had died. And that nearest of kin had every biblical, had every law-abiding right to track you down and take penalty upon you for your actions. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, preacher, that's all well and good, but that ain't got a thing to do with me. But, oh, it does. Can I say to you this morning, we all have an avenger of blood. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, preacher, uh, I ain't never done anything as bad as all that. Oh, but you have. You see, uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, we've been looking uh, at the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus makes very clear uh, that though we think to ourselves, uh, I've never committed murder, uh, I've never done anything that bad, uh, I submit to you that Jesus says uh, that to be talking about somebody else, uh, to be running them down, uh, let's be blunt, to be running off at the mouth uh, is just as guilty of murder, uh, and if we're honest, uh, there ain't a single one of us in the building that ain't done a little bit of that. We all have an avenger of blood. He goes by a lot of names in the Bible. Beelzebub, Slewfoot, Lucifer, the enemy, Satan. You listen to me. Because you have sinned, he's after you. You hear me? Because you have failed God, he's after you. And I hope you'll amen me right here. If he can't get you, he wants your children. He wants your marriage. 
He wants your family. He wants your job. He wants your testimony. He wants your standards. He wants your church. He wants the preachers. He wants anything that you're associated with that has anything to do with God, and he will stop at nothing until he destroys it. He knows if you're saved, he can't have your soul. We ought to stop right there and shout for about an hour. He knows if you're born again that he can't have your soul, so he's after anything that gives you joy. We have an avenger of blood. Notice this morning, not only the purpose of these cities, but the provision of these cities. Where did this come from? I mean, where, where did this, I mean, this is a, a novel concept. This is nowhere else replicated in the law. I mean, much of our legal system today, contrary to popular opinion in 21st century society, much of our legal system today is based upon the Judaic Christian principles found in the Word of God. But there is nothing today that mirrors the city of refuge. Oh, but there is. Hear me this morning. These cities were provided by God. What do you mean, preacher? This wasn't man's idea. Man didn't come up with this. Man didn't create this idea whereby there would be six cities of refuge, uh, three on this side of the Jordan River, three on this side of the Jordan River, uh, two in the north, two in the middle, two in the south. Go look at your Bible maps. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, that was all God's idea. God said, I am creating this. I am infrastructuring this. I'm putting this in place. Uh, it's a gift from me to man uh, so that there'll be a place uh, that the avenger of blood can't get to man. You hear me this morning. I don't care what the pop psychologist says. I don't care what the rogue sociologist said. My faith is not a man creation. My faith wasn't created because of some deep-seated need to connect with the holy God. My faith came from God himself. My Bible tells me that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, we're sinners. Yes, we deserve hell. But thank God he made a way out. It wasn't my idea. It was the preacher's idea. It was God's idea. So you can poo-poo it all you want. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. These were created by God, provided by God. But not only were these cities provided by God, they were also provided by grace. They were provided by grace. You see, God, in his wisdom, could have allowed these individuals to be treated like murderers. He could have insisted that they had caused the death of an individual. They had brought death. The consequence was death. Again, if murder was involved, that was the payment. But God, in his grace, decided... Uh, that because this was accidental, involuntary, that he would, in his grace, allow them the chance to live and start over. God, in his grace and mercy, said, yes, you've messed up. Yes, you've done something horrible. Yes, you've done something that is about as bad as it can get. 
but I'm going to give you a second chance. Let me put it to you in a way that will make sense. It's like when daddy and mama says, uh, yes, you've embarrassed us. Uh, yes, you've brought shame and reproach upon us. Uh, yes, you've made a fool of yourself. Uh, yes, you've done things that you ought not to do, uh, but you're still part of the family. Uh, we still love you. We ain't, aren't, you, aren't you glad this morning uh, that you never get so far away from God uh, that he kicks you out and closes the door behind you? Aren't you glad this morning uh, that... That you don't fail him so badly uh, that he says, I'm done with you. I want nothing else to do with you. I'm glad uh, that like the prodigal's daddy, uh, he's standing uh, there at the wayside, uh, standing on the porch. uh, And the the moment you turn towards home, uh, prodigal's daddy says, oh, I see my son. I see my daughter. Uh, Here she comes. Uh, Thank God that we have a city of refuge. If you're like me, there are times in your life when you have failed him miserably. And he has every right to say, I'm done. He has every right to say, what shame and disgrace you've brought upon my name. But he ain't never said that. (laughs) There's never been a time where he said, you've gone too far for me to bring you back. There's never been a moment where he said, my grace can't go further than what your sin has taken you. For where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. I'm reminded this morning that we're saved by grace. I know you know it, but I like to remind you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 makes it very clear. For by grace are you saved, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Why? Lest any man should boast. Because you know what man's like. You know if we could earn it, we'd brag about what we did to get it. You know what man's like. You know we'd be saying, oh, here's what I did, and here's what I did, and this is why I got all baloney. Hey, I'm undone by the mercies of Jesus. I'm blown away by his grace. And I'm reminded that there ain't nothing I did that was worth saving. Nothing I am that was worth saving. But he saved me anyway. Not only are we saved by grace, we're sustained by grace. You know what that means? That means he got me saved. And he keeps me saved. That might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. Because I'm just going to let you in on a little secret that you don't hear many preachers say. But there are times uh, when my mind and my mouth don't always match up. Now, don't look at me so pious and righteous. I've been around enough of y'all to know y'all got the same problems. Amen. My mama used to say, uh, boy, don't let your tongue get a hold of your brain because then you're going to get tang-tungled. She's exactly right. I got to tell you, when you start hearing junk said, you want to respond. Maybe you don't, but I do. You want to you wanna say something back. I want to I wanna get out my phone and go. <laughs> I want to sit in front of my computer and type four. 
497 words a minute. And let me tell you, the words that would come out don't sing glory to his name. And in my mind, there are times where if it was up to me to keep my salvation, honey, I'd lose it 27 times a day before I even get to the job. Much less what happens when I'm on the job. Y'all looking at me like y'all so perfect. Y'all must work in places that I don't work or live with people I don't live with or act around people I don't act around. Because as long as I got to deal with people, uh, if I thought I was going to lose my salvation, I would be done. Spelled D-U-N-N-N-N-N-N-N, done. But thank God. Thank God when the enemy enters my mind and when I want to say things that I shouldn't say and even when I want to do things that I shouldn't do and even when I slip up and don't, and don't do the things I ought to do, I'm glad this morning that the God that saved me, the God that called me, the God that got a hold of me, the God that drug me into the city of refuge ain't going to kick me out just because I messed up. Number one this morning. Note with me, I need some water. Amen. Number one. Note with me the purpose of these cities, the provision of these cities. Number three, note the power of these cities. The power of these cities. These cities were incredibly special in the eyes of God. They'd been set aside for a very sacred purpose. They had the power to save. She don't bother me a bit. Trust me. She had, they had the power to save. You see, as the criminal, the one who had messed up, as he entered into the city of refuge, the case was heard by the elders. And if indeed it was decided that it was manslaughter, that he was allowed to stay. The city allowed, listen, that city of refuge allowed a man to live who without that city would surely die. Whoop! The city provided a place of safety, of respite, of sanctuary, of rest, and were it not for that city... The man would die. You've heard me say, if you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard me say a thousand times, don't gloat in the sin of what you used to be, but don't ever forget where you were when God found you. Don't ever forget the stench and the stink of sin that was on your life. Don't ever forget how badly you messed up. Don't ever forget how deep in the gutter you were 
a, when a God of grace and mercy said, I love you anyway. Don't ever forget just how deep grace goes and lifts out of the mire and puts you in the choir, who lifts you out of the smud and puts you on a rock to stay. I say to you this morning that absent that city of refuge, absent the circle of grace, oh my God in heaven, where would we be? I've heard people in this church say things like, were it not for grace, I don't know where I'd ended up. Were it not for that one-on-one encounter with Jesus Christ, I can tell you, I'll not gloat in my sin, but I can tell you, I was heading down a dangerous, scary pathway. But I'm glad the God of heaven stopped by my way and arrested my soul and said to me, there's a place where you can run. There's a place where you can go. And as much as that avenger of blood and those hounds of those hounds of hell are pursuing after you. You get inside the bloodline. You get inside the city. You step over the line of grace, and he'll never be able to take you again. These were cities were had the power to save. I got to go quickly. But they had the power to secure. You go back and you read that passage, and you'll find that there was a time limit on how long you could stay there. There was a time limit on how long that person would be allowed to stay inside the city of refuge. That individual could stay inside that city just as long as the high priest was alive. And when the high priest died and a new high priest ascended, that person was free to go back home. Now look at me. I don't want to go back home. I say this with all spiritual reverence. I don't mean my physical home. I mean the nastiness that God saved me out of. I don't want to go back home. I'm enjoying my time in the city of refuge. I'm enjoying my time where the avenger of blood can't chase after me, where the hounds of hell have to be kept at bay. But you may be sitting there thinking, wait a minute, preacher. Is there a time limit? Is there a time by which we are kicked out? Yep, there is. As long as the high priest is alive, we're all right. What do you mean, preacher? We don't have a high priest. Oh, but we do. Hebrews uh, chapter uh, number 14, uh, ver- chapter 4, verse 14 says, Seeing then uh, that we have a great high priest uh, who is seated. Who is seated at the right hand of the God, whoever liveth ever li- let me say it to you again for the people in the back, whoever liveth to make intercession for me and you. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying I like being in the bloodline of grace. I like being under the spout where grace pours out. So I'm not worried. You know why? Because my high priest ain't going to quit saving, ain't going to quit living, ain't going to stop interceding, ain't going to shut up, ain't going to sit down, ain't ever going to quit. He's our high priest. I got three more points, but I'm going to give you one and I'm done. Last thing. 
the position of these cities. When you read the last two verses, you find that these cities were available to everybody. Everybody. Always do this. Imagine this is the country of Israel. This is the promised land. Here's the Jordan River. Two and a half tribes on this side. Nine and a half over here. It's no accident that there's three cities on this side and three cities on this side. It's no accident that two of the cities are in the north, two of the cities are in the mid, and two of the cities are in the south. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, and whatever you've done, you can make your way to the city of... Then notice, not only were they available to all, they were accessible to all. You understand something, folks? That the priests that resided within those cities would make sure that the roads were never clogged. Hear me this morning. The roads in those days, there was no tar, there was no concrete, there was no pavement. And it would be easy for the access to those roads to lead you to the city to be, to be littered, if you will, and the way to be blocked. But the price of the priests of the city always made sure that the roads were never clogged. But they also made sure that the gates were never closed. You see... Cities uh, in that day uh, would close their gates at night for reasons we understand. Nighttime mess would happen. Problems would occur. But the cities of refuge were always open. The gates of the city were always open. And then they'd make sure that the direction or the way to that city was never confused. You see... Maybe you're dwelling over here, right next to the Jordan River. And by the way, the Jordan River is a real good symbol or image of death. <clears throat> Maybe the sins that you've gotten involved with have taken you closer and closer and closer to the Jordan River. Now, let's not be funny this morning. Let's be honest. Devil don't play. Yeah, he wants the joy of your salvation. He wants your family. He wants your testimony. And he also wants to destroy you completely. Maybe you mess up. And you're tiptoeing on the Jordan River. Uh, and you wonder, uh, which way is the city of refuge? You look around and you think, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get there. I submit to you that in Israel's day, the pathway to the city of refuge was clearly marked with a Hebrew-Israeli word called miklat. Signs pointed out. For the word miklat means grace. Refuge. So you mess up. You blow it. 
You're tiptoeing on the edge of the Jordan River, and you wonder, oh, my gosh, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? How do I get there? And just around the bend, you see a sign with an arrow pointing this direction that says, this way to grace. Would you look at me this morning? I got you a road map right here. I got you a, a, a sign right here that says, hey, you've blown it. Hey, you've messed up. Hey, you've done what you ought not to do. Here's the road. Here's the road map to grace. Here's a place where he can't have you this morning. I'm thankful. One day I ran to the city of refuge. Stand to your feet this morning. Come on, Brother Ken. Every eye bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you so much for your attention. You've been so kind today. If you're here this morning and you'd be honest and say, Preacher, I just want to say thank God for grace. Thank God for rest. Lift your hand this morning. You know you're saved, no doubt about it. Put that hand up. You can put them down. Two quick questions before we have our altar call. You say, Pastor, is there... Couldn't raise my hand just now. Couldn't lift my hand because I'm not sure that if I died today, heaven would be my home. I'm glad God's still pointing sinners to grace. If that's you this morning, you're not sure that heaven would be your home preacher, pray for me. Anyone like that this morning? One more question. Preacher, I'm saved, but I've messed up just a bit and I'm thankful he doesn't kick me out but I want to get back to that place of sweet fellowship with him pray for me anyone like that I'm seeing some hands I appreciate your honesty and I'm seeing folks already move from both sides if you lifted your hand or if you didn't and you want to get closer to God you want to just slip up to this altar and say thank God for grace and mercy you come on this morning my brother Ken sings us a verse like thine can peace afford. Sing it with us. I need thee. I need thee. Oh, I need Every thee. Every hour. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Let's sing that chorus again. Everybody. I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to. Chorus one more time, acapella, Miss Renee. Chorus one more time, everybody will go. I need thee, oh, I need thee. 
Savior, I come to Thank you so much for your attention this morning. 4.30 this afternoon for back to school. And then services tonight at 6 o'clock. Come support Dr. Moore as he preaches to us. Man, I can't wait. You be with us this evening. Now, Brother Ken, pray for us. Dismiss us in prayer. We'll see everyone tonight. Brother Ken. Our Heavenly Father, God, we're all thankful, Lord, for this day. Father, thank you for the opportunity, God, just to sit up under your word this morning. Father, we thank you for those cities of refuge, Lord, that we can always run to. Get away from the avenger of blood. Father, we thank you for Jesus this morning. Father, his blood cleanses us from all sins, and we praise you for that. God, thank you for the faithfulness of your people to be here today. God, it sure was good to be in your presence. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. God, I pray, Lord, you bless your people for being here. Keep us all safe. Bring us back tonight, Lord, looking for something great from heaven. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.